West Ham versus Manchester City, live from London Stadium with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Well, Brian, that was probably one of the most dramatic Premier League matches we've seen all season. It finished 2-2 between West Ham and Manchester City at the London Stadium. Before we kind of get into City and the title talk, West Ham United, to defend like that, they were undone by an OG um, and conceded the other goal to Jack Reeves, a really great finish by the England winger. But to keep up that defensive effort under that relentless Manchester City pressure for most of the game, well, all of the game, really, they had a couple of counter-attacking breaks in the in the first half. But to keep that up shows great, you know, I suppose. You really it's have to just praise the defenders. Stephen, it's discipline and organisation. And uh, you have to hand it to David Moyes and the staff. The team well-drilled. It takes a special... Um, defensive structure to keep Manchester City out but I think it was very important for West Ham that they got the first goal of the match because in the first 20 minutes of the game it was all Manchester City and I thought it was almost inevitable that they were going to score but when once West Ham got the goal it, it, it kind of drives everyone on a little bit, everyone is prepared to exert themselves even further to keep the opposition out and, and, and to make those extra little half yards of uh, stretching to get to a block and get ahead on something and, and we saw that over and over again with, with, with West Ham and that was what was required to keep Manchester City out in the first half they couldn't do it in the second half but they managed over the game to do quite well I think to get a two-all draw considering how little little of the ball they had in the match um, how few spells of um, out of their own half uh, of, of say ball domination of passing that was very rare in the match for them it was just the occasional breakout which were quite effective, effective in that happened but they had to the, Fabianski had a very good game mm. and he makes a great save in the penalty he made a lot of saves the back four as a, as a unit individually and collectively to play as well uh, Kufa was unlucky with the goal but I think it was a sign of his tiredness as well at that stage of the match Great support from two central midfield players, uh, Royce and Suchek, Farnells, Bowen. I, I, I saw a really interesting little um, touch map for Bowen the first half. He only had 12 touches the ball. And I watched the two goals very carefully. He actually had eight touches to score the two goals. <laughs> so that gives him only four other touches in the game in the 45 minutes to play other than when he was scoring the goals. So his time was spent running back, helping out his right back, dealing with Zinchenko, moving on the inside. So, you know, I, I think Manchester City showed their ability today, showed their class, showed their spirit, and the attack and play at times was, was, was just fantastic, mesmerising to watch at times, and they at least deserved the draw. Just one on West Ham then before we move on to Manchester City. Jared Bone, whom you mentioned, has had the season of his life this season. He's still only 25. There's been a lot of talk about Declan Rice being linked with a move away this summer to Chelsea or Manchester United. Been a little bit of talk about Jared Bone, not as much, but links with Liverpool, possibly. Uh, he's a player, you'd have to say, based on this season and seasons beforehand when he has played well as well. But they will do well to hold on to Jared Bone this summer. Uh, I don't know. I think West Ham have to be getting to the stage where they become a club. I mean, that was the whole idea of the moving from the old Upton Park ground to the, 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 the stadium, the former Olympic Stadium was that they were going to be able to get 
much bigger crowds. I think the old ground was uh, the capacity was around the forty thousand mark uh, or less, and they were moving to a stadium capacity of sixty-two thousand, which they are filling uh, regularly, and they don't seem to seem to be a wait. There appears to be a waiting list for season tickets, which is absolutely phenomenal for them. They're generating an awful lot more money, and their ambition has has to be about getting into that higher level of of London clubs who have been successful in the past. Arsenal, I'd say Chelsea, Spurs haven't been successful, but they're in that kind of spectrum of clubs that are able to buy players for um, 15 to 20 million, not really gone at the 30 million mark yet. Well, maybe they have, they've gone in the recent years, they've bought and the ballet, spent a fortune on him up around the 50, 50 million mark, hasn't worked out. But West Ham need to become one of those clubs that they're buying players at that level, that they can pay those wages and that they can resist. Um, resist the idea of being a sell-on club because they've got a good player it's going to be very hard for them to get into that level because every player has a price and unless they are seen to be competing in the Champions League or winning trophies the exceptional players they have will want to play for, a, for clubs who are at that level so you know that's the challenge for West Ham as a club not David Moyes as a, as a manager but at West Ham as a club and now with the money they've generated this year maybe they will be arriving at that level I mean for Jared Bowen it's been a great rise for him but would, would a real top club sign Jared Bowen I'm not so sure yet I think he's as you said he's had a very good season 11 goals a lot of his goals are counter-attacking goals mm. it's different if you play for a team like Liverpool who are Chelsea um um, maybe Ar- Arsenal to a degree but certainly Chelsea, Liverpool Manchester City the teams that dominate possession and you have to be very technical player mm. to play a part in that, that style of game which is often about breaking down fairly mass defences as we saw today with West Ham mm. whereas Jared Bowen's skills are about pace on the counter running with the ball being direct good good dribbling skills but not not, not fantastic I'd say tight control so I think he's emerged as a, as a, a very good player in the league this year but I don't know whether he's going to get to the, to, to, to the very top brilliant for West Ham Declan Rice whether they can hold on to him or not and resist the type of um, money that may be offered to them by the likes of Manchester United who, who are not going to be in the Champions League this year anyway if he wants to be a player in the Champions League this year he's not going to go to Manchester United will other clubs offer the type of money West Ham are saying they want to 150 million remains to be seen but I think West Ham if they can hang on to him hang on to Bowen and add a couple of players give a bit of quality and depth to the squad that David Moyes has because he hasn't had that this year he's managed to um, work between the, the demands of the Premier League European run they had in the Europa League he managed to do it very very well with what I feel is quite a limited squad yeah absolutely probably did hate Mayo and we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams The Football Pod live Thursday June 2nd in Castle Bar check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now just looking at the Manchester City performance today and even the performance of their manager because he decided to pick Fernandinho again at centre-back and leaving Nathan Aki on the bench for the whole game. We could clearly see in that game that Fernandinho was getting absolutely roasted by Mikel Antonio and really was partly at fault for both of the goals. He could throw in a couple of other City defenders there. So there has to be some question of Guardiola there. 
Well, maybe he has made his mind up about Aki that he's not good enough. He played during the week, I think, in the in the Wolves game. But Nathan Aki, Aki haven't spent so much money to buy him from Watford about two or three seasons ago now. It appears that he doesn't really trust him or rate him that highly. From Bournemouth, wasn't it? Yeah, it was for, sorry, from Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah from Bournemouth. But uh, that he doesn't rate him that highly. That because if you don't play him when you're missing John Stones, you're missing Diaz. Uh, and yeah, he he sent the back as his position, yeah. and then he ends up playing Fernandino in there as a, uh, ahead of him. It's you'd have to have question. I I wouldn't be so much question the manager. I'd question the the recruitment at the time. Why they spend so much money for a player that they haven't rated since they had him because he's been very much a bit player over the last it would be three it's just probably yeah. his third season yeah. now isn't yeah. it yeah. Uh, so you know strange one and, and, and you'd hardly say Fernandino did the job today Ake could have been no worse yeah 100% Brian um, just on City then looking at the run in because well they've only got one game left now against Aston Villa at home we know Liverpool will be playing uh, midweek against Southampton you know, Southampton are no strangers to big defeats. We've seen them collapse in some matches against the likes of Leicester City against Manchester United over the last couple of seasons. You know, with them kind of coming towards the end of a season, facing a Liverpool team with great momentum and great confidence after that FA Cup win, you wouldn't rule out a big win there for Liverpool and perhaps catching up City with that goal difference. But then we go down to the last day and uh, Liverpool playing Wolves, City playing Aston Villa. It really is, it's open enough. Well, now. I think who's in Hattel hasn't Tootle. Yeah, is under a bit of pressure at the moment. I think the, the, the supporters have been giving them a bit of stick at recent games um, because they've had some heavy defeats and it, uh, it's, it, it's, it's kind of either one or the other with Southampton. They get good results or they get very bad results. It, they don't lose a lot of matches, one nothing or 2-1. It's usually by high score lines. So they are that type of team. But you would think... Be, in the last home game of the season that they want to put up a performance against Liverpool. Liverpool, you would also think they would have taken a lot of them. I kind of get the feeling that Liverpool are playing every second day at the moment. They seem to be involved in matches so often. And those games are draining. You see yesterday players going off, Salah went off injured, I don't know whether Van Dijk had a problem, the manager made changes during the game. Uh, used six substitutes altogether. So Robertson's taken off as well. Who's a key player who doesn't usually take off uh, in a match? So maybe there are some worries about players conditioning at the moment. And there's a bit of Liverpool will also be wanting to keep themselves for the Champions League final yeah. to have their best team for the Champions League final. So, you know, don't rule out Southampton making it very awkward, but you would expect Liverpool to win that match and then we should come down to the last day with, you know, Manchester City playing Aston Villa. Aston Villa haven't done very well lately. A lot of very ordinary results gave Liverpool a bit of a match last week. Liverpool struggled to beat them 2-1, just about got, got it over the line. Aston Villa played very well and were resilient and organised and dangerous on the counter-attack. And then you'd expect that they'll put in that type of performance if it comes down to it the last day. And that's how it is from everyone's point of view that likes to see a, you know, a real exciting last day of the Premier League. 
Absolutely. Just to finish then, Brian, on Leeds United, because there's a lot of Leeds United fans, as we know, around Ireland, and they've given themselves a bit of a lifeline uh, today because uh, they drew, obviously, in um, their game this afternoon against Brighton, 1-1, a very late goal from Pascal Stroke. So with the situation the way it is now, they've got a, a one-point lead over Burnley, who have two games left. Burnley will have to um, play at uh, away from home against Aston Villa and then at home on the last day against Newcastle United. Yeah, Leeds United then will be playing their final game away to Brentford, a good old rival of theirs. So with a point between them now, you kind of give Leeds maybe a bit of a chance now going into the last day. Well, well, of course they have a bit of a chance. Uh, Brentford are one of the form teams the league playing at the moment against Everton. But over the last... Uh, eight games or so I mean they've had a very very good season Brentford overall mm. and um, I, I, they're hardly going to capitulate in the last game but you know often when the team needs something very badly they get it mm. uh, that would be my view of it and Leeds need something very badly they've had a couple of very heavy defeats have players getting put off red cards conceding lots of goals trash by Arsenal during the week um, so a good point for them today to get something from Brighton again who have been team in very good form too uh, but Burnley have been in great form since uh, Mike Jackson took over they got rid of the they won a few games um, I, I saw a good bit of the match against Spurs today played with a different setup with a back five in place missing both Tarkovsky and uh, me from centre back, back positions young Nathan Collins played, playing very well played exceptionally well Kevin Long was playing today but they came out in the second half and had a go against Spurs today and they were well in the match so they're they're quite capable of getting points from those last mm. couple of games you're talking about uh, in um, about the, the two games that they have left so that's really finely balanced as well it looks like Everton have done enough but we've got to wait and see how their game, game goes today but Leeds have looked the most vulnerable in recent matches because they've been defending so poorly and because of the red cards and you know morale was you get stung by the concession of, of goals when you're losing lots of goals which they, which they have been so you know we just have to wait and see how that one goes as well but it's nice for all of us that there's there's something at stake in the last game we've been involved in the last game of the season at a time where the only thing at stake is who's going to finish fourth or fifth in the league about the Champions League but the other spots about the bottom are already sorted we go into next weekend it's likely that the relegation is not clear who's going to be toured last we know Norwich and Watford are gone the the, uh, the fourth place is, is unlikely to have been yep. sorted until the last day between um, Arsenal and Spurs and um, you know even down the, the other the Europa League spot might be still up there for West Ham uh, between West Ham Manchester United Wolves as regards the Europa Conference so I think there'll be something to play in most of the matches next weekend for for a good few of the clubs, which is the way we'll want it, and certainly the top of it. If Liverpool do their stuff on Tuesday night, we'll go down to the last day as well, which is which is fabulous because there's been a good few days when it hasn't been like that on the last day, Stephen. Yep, we'll take that, Brian. Thanks a million. Thanks a lot, Stephen.